You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Hello and welcome to Line Noise, what might be the final Line Noise of the year, although you can never quite tell. Um, this week, our guest is Muzi, who is a DJ, singer, songwriter and record producer uh, from South Africa, whose new album, You Muzi, uh, is out now on A-Track's Fool's Gold Records. Uh, we talked about getting Chris Martin to sing in Zulu, we talked about Daft Punk, of course, uh, and we talked about connecting generations. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And if this is the last episode of the year, it might be, might not be, um, then thanks for listening uh, and see you in 2024. But cool. Look, thank you so much for doing this today. It's an absolute, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, where you, are you at the moment? I'm in Johannesburg. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what's it like there at the moment? It's hot as fuck, bro. <laughs> It's hot. It's crazy hot, man. Like, it's so like, um, yeah. And then, and then it gets like super like thunderstormy like at night. It's just like South Africa's tropical weather thing, you know. You get all the seasons in a day. Nice. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I wanted to go back a bit to the beginning. I mean, tell us about your introduction to music. Okay. Um, via through my parents was through my parents um, and my family. So my dad used to collect like vinyls. Uh, I guess it's the only thing you could actually connect, collect at the time. But like, yeah, he used to have a lot of vinyls. Um, and my mom was like an artist when she was younger. She almost got signed, but then my grandma was like, big bad music industry, no, <laughs> you know? So she never really like, um, like went for that dream, but I was born in like a really like musical family. Uh, so my introduction is like from a family standpoint early on. Uh, and then my brothers used to play a lot of hip hop at home. So I kind of got into it and you know, I saw like the confidence in like hip hop music and like, um, and my dad used to play dance music and that's the thing that I really liked the most. Um, so yeah, I grew up like that. Like it's almost like dance music with a hip hop, like sort of like energy. Um, which is what like, I, I think I am as an artist. Uh, so yeah, it was through my family, man. Like just like early days. What music did your mom make? My mom used to uh, sing like like traditional like music uh, called Maskandi. Um, but then in school, she she studied like opera. So she yeah, she was really good like vocally. She's the one that actually, sorry, the kids are playing outside if you're hearing kids. That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, so she's the one that actually got me to, like, start singing because uh, when I had already started, like, making music, I never used to sing. I was never confident enough. And then she, she's the one that told me that, like, if you have a voice, you can learn how to sing. And, like, I believed her. So, yeah, like, my mom used to do, like, just, like, traditional and, like, opera music. Her genre, like, that she liked was gospel, but she never really did. Like, she never, never really heard her sing or write a song or whatever to that. So was that did that mean that when you sort of got into making music, they were all they were very very behind it? Your parents? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, because like I think early on, like um, my my big my big brother, like he used to like rap and he used to like write lyrics and stuff. So he was the one 
and his friends were the ones that were more like supportive of it. Um, my mom was, my mom re never really said anything about it when I think about it now, uh, but it would just be like noise, you know, every day I'd, I'd finish making beats and then I'd play them in like the hi-fi at home and she just think that we're making noise. So now, nah, like, I think they just thought music industry is like bad, you know, like from all the horror stories that you hear. Um, so yeah, they ne never really supported it early on. But I, th I thought your your dad kind of what music did he introduce you to? Kind of dance music, like Daft Punk and yes. things. Yeah. Yes. So so he's he's the one that like um, introduced me to music. But by the time I started, he had like passed away. So I never oh. like got yeah. So I never got that. Like so I'm sure you would have supported me because he's the one that introduced me to all these like electronic like artists and stuff. Um, but yeah, by the by the when I started, like initially, like I was. I mean, I was in the township and stuff, and and it was a different dance music happening at the time. So I wasn't really playing my music for other people. I was just like creating it and trying to get better, you know. Um, so yeah. You were in Empangani, uh, right? Sorry, that's yes. bad pronounced. Yes. No, you, that's exactly how you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. So I was. I grew up in Empangani, uh, and um, yeah, man, just like uh, like like a very, like it's like a township meets like an urban area meets suburbia, like all in one. Cause it's like, it's greenlands, like farmlands, it's good countryside, but um, yeah, small town. Um, but there was a lot of culture there. And I think that's the thing that like sort of drew me into like wanting to make music more. Like I felt like I knew all of these musicians that didn't have a, a professional career. They just knew how to play guitar. They just knew how to play drums. They just knew how to sing. So I think in me starting, I just wanted to like sort of represent that sort of uh, like culture a bit more. So you, but you said that the music you were making didn't really fit in with that, right? No, no, no. So what, what was the kind of music, what was the style there? And how would you define like the style of what you make? Yeah, um, I, guess, I guess at the time, um, everyone was more into hip hop. So everyone was trying to like rap and um which was cool because they were twisting it like they were rapping in zulu like it, we had our own cadences and stuff like that but i never there were so many guys that i thought were good i never really got into it i was just like man i'm gonna suck as a rapper <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's gonna be bad um so it was like a lot of guys were into like hip-hop and then I, I guess like generally in the country guaito and afropop was big at the time um and 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 I'm influenced heavily by Guaido, but obviously I had also heard like dance music and stuff. So I was adding like bass riffs into it. And so it, it sounded weird to like people that would be like, why don't you just make it in the same way that the stuff that we hear on radio. But like I always, I've always been um, the type of person, like my family has always pushed me to have my own voice and stuff. So even when I started creating, it would be very much like, how can I take what I've heard and twist it? But then, they never really like would like the twist sometimes, <laughs> you know, I'd go too far or whatever. So, yeah. And how would you define what what you do? I mean, yeah. um, it's kind of house music with a twist and I don't quite know what what how to define yeah. the twist. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think, um, yeah, it, it, I would definitely put house music in there, but like it has it has a it has a lot of um, sort of like influences from home. And I guess in, I haven't really been able to call it anything, 
you know, because I take from like so many things. So I try to, how can I put it? Like I, the traditional stuff that I make within the house music is not sanitized. So being able to bring in that sort of Zulu culture in a non-sanitized manner with house music, like, I think that's what I'm trying to do. It's not like, like, I'm not, um, I'm not just trying to like sing, like, I guess, uh, sing it in a way that I want people to learn through my music. I want people to ask questions through my music, you know? So I haven't yet been able to define it. People have called it um, like future African music. Other people say Zulu house. I don't know what, it, whatever it is, man. It's just like, I'm just trying to like create um, from an honest place. And that to me is, I guess is more important than like having a, a genre or a name attached to it. You know, even though it, help, it helps with marketing. So I, I always fail, fail this question, you know? Yeah. One thing I really love um, about your music and about a lot of music coming out of South Africa at the moment is there are so many different styles. And it seems to me to be like such a fertile place for dance music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, why? Like, it seems like, you know, almost every every time I kind of look, there's like a new South African. There's always a new genre. <laughs> I love that. I love these genres, you know. Yeah, um, I think I think it's because of the the diversity within the culture, man. Like, there's like a lot of tribes um, here. There's a lot of different languages. Like, we have what is it, twelve now? I think official languages, but like, there's so many um, so many different lived experiences within like this one country that like I, I guess when people are trying to like express themselves, there's always like these new pockets that come out. Like you go to Eastern Cape or, or Durban, which is more on the east side of South Africa, then guys started up with Gom there or Durban Kwaito. You come more inland and it's more Kwaito and Mapiano and Bacardi. You you go to Cape Town, it's a different type of gom. It's like a gospel type of gom. You go further up north to Limpopo, that's where you get Master KG and you know, like so I think I think it's just um people are very creative here, man. You know, so like we always um try to have our own twist with it, try to have it because that's that's usually when like the South African market loves it the most, when it sounds like us, you know. So that means that every few years there's always just like a new like genre or a new take on like a particular genre like i mean gom is like our techno like when you actually like just break it down you know so i think yeah it's just from the the beauty of like the diversity that we have here man like within like our cultures within our own tribes like there's so much to learn that like people um are confident enough to try you know, and, and, and that's always like been the interesting thing thing to me. Like once someone sounds the same for too long in South Africa, your time is gone. Your time is gone, man. <laughs> so does that put a lot of pressure on you as an artist? No, because I'm, I'm already like, I'm, it's already ingrained in me, you know, like I've never um, wanted to repeat myself anyways. I never wanted to follow a hit also, you know, I'm not that type of artist. Like um, uh, there's, because there's so much to learn, when I go to like a place I've never been to within South Africa and I hear a new drum sound or I hear a new, like a new sort of um, like percussive element, like I want to now take that and add that to my music. So it, it continues to like grow with regards to that because I continue learning, you know, I think I'd only be scared if I stopped being a student of this art for my love so much, you know? So, yeah. 
So um, your new album, Umuzi, came out yeah. uh, October, I think it was? Yeah, yeah, October um, 13th. What does it add to your story? Uh, I think I think it's the glue between all of my other albums. I think it's the, it's like, when I was when I was creating, like, all my previous projects, it'd always be, I guess, focused on um, how I saw the world. And this album was more so how I see myself. Hence, it's like a self-titled. Um, so I think because of that, it sort of joins all of the other albums together. Like, if you go from Afrovision and me talking about, like, like African artists and how that like we're also creative, we're also making our own versions of like electronic music, whether that's Afrotech or whatever it is. Um, you go to Zeno, I'm speaking about my daughter, Mama EP, I'm speaking about my mom. Um, you know, so I'm, I've always been speaking about like other people. And then with Umuzi, it's sort of, it's like the nucleus of all the other albums and other like projects. So yeah, I see it more so like as like a clue. So is it the album? Is it your album that people should listen to first? Do you think if they kind of want to discover what you do? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you, yeah. If you if you were to listen to them in order, it'll be like I'd say Muzi, Umuzi, and then Zeno, and then uh, Afrovision. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe like that, but I, but but I definitely. Oh, actually, they could listen to them in the order that they came out in because, like, if you start drawing the story properly, like, this is like a nice full stop to that sort of sentence before my albums were a sentence, you know. Um, yeah, man, they can listen. All of them are fire, bro. Actually, they can listen to them in any order. <laughs> any order. You mentioned your daughter. Um, I've got a yeah. couple of kids, um, and I'm, yeah. I'm always interested in this. Like, does your daughter listen to your music? Does she enjoy your music? It's the only music she wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only music she wants to hear, and like, like that's the that's the the issue right now. I'm trying to introduce her into like so many other artists that like are doing things or artists that I even like look up to, I guess. But she just wants to hear my stuff, you know, because like I guess sometimes we make music together. I like him, like in, including her in the process and involving her. So, yeah, she's lost. She's five now. So, like, guess from three, I started playing her like music and stuff. And like, she only wants to hear like my stuff. She'll be like, I must play her some new stuff if I'm making new songs, you know. So she's very biased. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky though. Mine, my daughter is eleven, and I mean, I don't play her. You know, I don't make music, so I don't play her that. But any music I play yeah. her that I like, she's like, no, no. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I think my music is the only cool thing she thinks I like. Oh, <laughs> that's the only part of me that's cool. Everything else is just like boring dad, you know. <laughs> you know what it's like for us, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. we just chill in the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's everything. So yeah, nah. How many kids do you have? I have two. I have two. One is um, uh, well, she's ten. She's eleven uh, in two days, and one is one is oh. nine. Okay, yeah. happy birthday to her, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I'm very happy. Are you done? Are you done? Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two's good. Yeah, <laughs> two's more than enough. Yeah, yeah. Two's two's a good number. Two's a good number. You know, boy and a girl. So you got kind of. Um, oh, you got your balance. You got your exactly. balance. That's good. That's good. That's good. So um, I want to ask about Chris Martin. Um, yeah. you, he's on your new album. Um, yeah. 
presumably this started off when you remixed um, Orphans by Coldplay. How did that come about? Yeah, um, the the remix came about because he was he was at a show I was, I was performing at. So I was at um, Afropunk. Um, I was playing Afropunk in Paris and he was um, in the crowd. Um, and I guess like we met that way, you know, like, uh, no, 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 no. I'm getting the story wrong. We met here in South Africa. Uh, in Shoma Josie's studio. Shoma Josie called me, and then we, I, I went to her house, and Chris Martin was there, and I, I, I sort of lost my mind for like two seconds, and then I like held my composure. And then we just ended up having a jam session. And then like life happens, and I forgot about it. And then when I was playing um, Afropunk Paris, he was in the crowd. And then he waited for me afterwards, just see if I, like how I was. But then he was like, yo, it was my first time seeing you perform. I love what you do. Do you want a remix? A, a song of ours. I'm like, fuck yeah, whatever you use a song of yours, you know? So um so that's how then we started working that way. And yeah, from that point onwards, I guess like we just had a really like good relationship, man. Like, you know, like a really personal um relationship, which I really like uh I'm very grateful for it, you know, because like it's hard to make friends in the industry sometimes. Um but like he's been just like a big brother of mine. And yeah, so as that relationship grew, like I'd, I'd send him ideas sometimes, and I sent him the idea for Queen. Like I'd written the song, but it felt like my voice was just not right for it. I thought it would be even like cooler if if he did it and he sang in Zulu. I thought like that part would be just like super dope, um, even for him to like learn a new language uh, because of art, you know. And yeah, so that's pretty much how the song came about. Like over a period of four years. <laughs> yeah. But how, did he take a lot of persuading to sing in Zulu or was he just quite up for it from the start? Yo, he was really up for it, man. Like, he was really up for it. Like, got on FaceTime. I was, like, enunciating each and every word, you know. I'm just like, no, you... Because in Zulu, you 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 pronounce it the same way it's written. So it's like, E is A, you know. Like, so the same way we say our vowels is, is how you actually pronounce the word. So if, if you're pronouncing it the same way you're reading it, it's gonna be fine, you know. So once he got that, and then um, yeah, he killed it, man. He killed it. I told him what it meant, and yeah, it was good. Um, on the new album, you also worked with uh, Madala Kuneni, who yeah. is um, a seventy-year-old, seventy-two-year-old, sorry, um, guitarist yeah. from South Africa. Yeah, was that like? I was wondering if when you did that, you kind of felt like you were connecting the generations. That's how I see myself. In a in in a. It, the only reason is that like maybe it doesn't have like a genres, but I see myself as a bridge, you know, I see myself as like um a keeper of knowledge in that sense, a keeper of like the arts in that sense, that like there's all of these musicians that uh we grew up to that were amazing, but they never got the chance to like be played elsewhere, like because of apartheid and all of that shit. So like my I, I sort of saw it as a a responsibility of mine to be able to keep the arts in that way for the future generation to because all of these artists that did that were kind enough to show us their art. So I always try to reach out to them and um, not only learn about music or about our culture, but also like work with them, you know, so that like they can continue doing the thing that they love so much. So yeah, definitely, definitely like that, like where um, I, I see myself as a bridge in that sense. And did, did Madala sort of, understand what you were doing straight off or what did you have he to He loves what I do what I do man he loves it because um he understands the 
the the the creative part of it that like as a as a as an artist it's i i think it's my job to take all my influences and then make them my own like to have my own voice in it and because he's one artist that did that he's from an era when everyone did that like so he he loves what i do man like he yeah when i talk to him and like even when i'm down or whatever like he will really be there for me it's just like yo just continue doing your thing so yeah no questions there I, maybe he's like an older version of me. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what's the secret to a good collaboration? Openness. You have to remain open, man. You have to understand, like, so you have to respect the other artists that you're working with primarily. And then you just have to be open enough to, to learn in the process of you collaborating, you know? Um, so yeah, I just, I try to remain open. I try to have the people I collaborate with lead me on something i don't try to always have like like an idea that's set because i'm the one that's producing it you know i don't like i don't like working like that at all i like remaining open i like hanging out with the people that i'm collaborating with just to understand where their headspace is understand where um like what they're trying to achieve uh and then yeah and then when all of that is done the the music becomes easy so you you never sort of do email collaborations. It's about hanging out and being together and kind of yeah. Work. I like hanging out, man. If if someone is far, like I like just like calling them. Like we just yo, what do you think about this? Yo, what do you think about that? Like you know, it, even if it's like random stuff, but it allows me to see who the person is, and and then I I think I'm able to do justice to like the 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 song. If you know, like, like, just like going cold, like cold collaborations and stuff, I don't like that at all. You know, like, if someone just sends you some drum loops or whatever, and then you have to put shit together. I don't like those because the music is very like spiritual for me, the music is very personal for me. So it's not just like, it's not just ones and zeros, you know, like it means something to me, man. So because of that, I have to have this like personal connection with the person. You mentioned playing Afropunk. Like when you play outside yeah. of South Africa, do you yeah. play the same way you play as home, or do you kind of like change what you do slightly to sort of more international taste, or is it just the same? No, the same. Because because when international artists come here, they don't they don't change. They yeah. do exactly what you know what I'm saying. So it's like, and the reason they don't is because they're representing where they're from. So I'm doing the same thing. Like, like I don't change it at all. Sometimes I go even harder, you know, I play some, like, <laughs> you know, because at, if, I, if I fail, at least I fail being myself. You know, I think the worst thing would be trying to like um, accommodate some people, maybe whether it's through language or through culture or whatever, and then you bomb. And you're like, fuck, I could have just been myself, you know? So if I bomb, I'll, I'll bomb proudly, you know? <laughs> I'm sure you don't bomb often. Nah, <laughs> I think I think it's a human thing, man. I think people see like when I'm performing on stage, like I'm I'm giving my all, like I'm there, like I'm present. You know, I'm not just like I I perform like for real. So I think uh, people connect with that, and then it usually just like ends up being a good show because of it. You know. How did you sign to Atrax's label, by the way? Instagram. <laughs> You just messaged you out of the Instagram, the yeah. Um, they, they messaged me on, on Instagram, and uh, um, I guess he had heard about me from a guy called uh, Matthew Law, who also works at Fool's Gold. And 
and then yeah we just started talking on instagram and i was like oh it's perfect timing because like i've been working on some like new stuff and then yeah and then i met them when was it last year at the mirage in new york and uh yeah we decided to work together and yeah this is our first project together so it's been awesome so far it's been great we so have thank, to- thank you gods of instagram <laughs> oh, something no. No, I was going to say we have we have to talk about an album because yeah. uh, I was I was very pleased to see that one of your favorite albums is Daft Punk's Discovery, um, yeah. which is one of my favorite albums. In fact, uh, I wrote a book about Daft Punk's Discovery, which I think what? yeah, you, I think you, no. you should. I you should take it. What is it called? Uh, it's called Daft Punk's Discovery: The Future Unfurled. I'll check it out, man. I'm just writing it down. Uh, it was Thank you, bro. I hope. Well, if if you, uh, I'll, I can send you a digital copy if you like. I don't have any more books. Bro. Oh, no, I'll buy. I'll buy it, bro. Nah, 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 nah. If you're you're a writer, we need to support each other. Now, nah, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you. So, right, I want to ask. You, you said I think if you had to play one album on repeat, it would be Daft Punk's Discovery. Why that album? Uh, disco very, <laughs> very disco. <laughs> Um, because, because for me, the, the way that they figured out how to be faceless, to be able to keep it about music is like genius. And the way that they were taking chances in that entire album, whether that was like, with like guitar riffs or it's just, it's just an inspiring piece of art, man. Like. Daft Punk is like a group that made me see music as art, like, you know, out of like, and then when I saw music as like this high art thing, like it's sort of, as a kid, it changed my entire perspective, you know? So I play that album. I still play that album now. I still learn new things about it now, you know? Like, I'm just like, how, 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 you know? And, and, and that is like the most inspiring thing. That's the kindest thing that an artist can do to another artist is like, give them, such a beautiful body of work that teaches them something, you know? So for me, like, yeah, man, I even have a tattoo of them. Like, <laughs> like I just I just love how they move um, in the industry. I just love how it's always been about music, um, how it's always been about art, about like, you know, the expression. So, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of that in, in the book. I hope I hope you I hope you yeah. uh, you get to read it. I hope you you do enjoy it. Um, no, I'll give my hand. So um, you haven't played you haven't played Spain, have you? No. When are you coming? Oh man, like I don't know. I need to make some plans or whatever. I need to get maybe a booking agent that side or whatnot. Like I'd love to, you know. Like I think. Um, yeah, I just love I just love meeting new people and just like you know, doing my shit. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully maybe next year, we'll see how our plans look and stuff, but I'd love to come there. You really should. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to ask about, I was, I was watching the um, video uh, you did with Stormzy the other day. Um, oh. <laughs> it was really yeah. good, really good. Um, Thank you. And one of the things you talked about, which I sort of knew about, but I find really interesting, is the role that taxis play in South African music. Could you tell us oh, about yeah. it? Because really interesting. Um, 
if if your song is not on radio because of like okay if your song is not on radio you could if you get your songs in all the taxis like because that's how we used to market our stuff so you don't have enough money for a pr company or for plugging or whatever so you just like you make a lot of cds you write so uh, you burn a lot of cds and then you go to the taxi drivers you play them your music and if they like it then they playing it to the people that are in the taxi so maybe they're commuting how many people a day like 600 700 people a day so by doing that it becomes your your marketing strategy and then people discover songs in taxis that's how gom like that's how gom came to be you know like you first i first heard it in taxis like they play it loud like you know it's like its own like subculture and then from there then the radio guys are like oh there's a hot song on the streets and then they pick it from there so um it's such a it's like guerrilla marketing 101 but like the taxi drivers are like some of the coolest people in the country like they dress nice they smell good you know it's all of that but like they also commute like what 80 percent of the country's like sort of uh population it's back to, to and from work so that's a lot of people that's a lot of people. So like if you if you can get your songs, especially in like Durban, if you can get your songs into like these old white taxis and stuff, your song can really like blow up and be huge. But that is it really intimidating giving a stack of CDs to taxi drivers? Because you know, if they're if they're yeah. kind of people, well, right? No no, nah, because because this because it's like there's no the only thing that would be intimidating is if a taxi driver because some taxis become famous. So like that taxi driver is famous for that taxi is that type of thing. So if he knows that he's got that, I guess, clout, then he might act fresh. <laughs> he might act fresh. But like other than that, no, man, like it's it's all very easygoing, you know, because like um, uh, I don't know how it is now, but at the time you'd give him like three, four, five songs in that CD or whatever. So they just play the whole CD for the trip wherever they're going and then they just like repeat it the entire day and then maybe if they like some sort of particular songs then they make their own sort of like mixtape and then they play that and all of a sudden you have these like sort of street anthems that are huge you have these artists that then start getting booked because the song is huge in the actual streets like the like literal streets <laughs> you know so yeah that's amazing Sorry, I said that was going to be the last. I, I I forgot. I, what was um Damon Albarn like to work with? Inspiring, inspiring. He was also like a guy I learned um with regards to uh, collaborations. I learned a lot from him because of his openness, like to like the artists that he made when he was here. To even me, you know, it was the first time meeting me and stuff. But he was like just like super open to learning, and I was super open to learning about him, like uh, about how they did like gorillas about how that whole thing came about and stuff you know and about what how much like music meant to him and i think we connected on that level um more so and yeah man amazing guy like i'm, I'm lucky to meet a few of these people that are just like really that as as big as they are as when when I, when we speak they just talk about the art of things and i really like appreciate those conversations you know because most of the times you can just feel like you're alone. You're like a purist or whatever it is. But like, there's a lot of people that actually care, you know? So yeah, he's one of those. Definitely. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today. My own children have just come home. Uh, so I better oh. go they start, they start yeah. right. <laughs> Gotta make some sandwiches. <laughs> it's exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs>
endless sandwiches. No end of sandwiches. But look, yeah, go play Barcelona sometime. That would be good. That would be amazing. I'd I'd love to, man. I'd love to. So like, yeah, we'd work on it, and then uh, if we do, like, we'll we'll hit you up. You know. Okay. Definitely. You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra.